1: Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Is this the week Celtic make some progress on the Eddie Howe front With Rangers now out the cup Attention turns to the big game on Sunday and trying to secure an unbeaten league campaign And East Fife are charged by the SPFL for refusing to play after a positive Covid test I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio is Stephen McGowan and Andy Halliday Andy, it's Wednesday night I feel like the cup was so good at the weekend People have still probably got it on their minds
2: Yeah definitely And it feels strange Being in here on a Wednesday night And Motherwell's not in the telly So It's uh, You just have to put up with it this week I can get reruns (laughs) of old games If you want (laughs) I'm no surprised It wasn't in here Um, Yeah a couple of surprising results Of course Rangers crashed out to the the Cup in the hands of St Johnson Got to say Thoroughly impressed Again with Callum Davidson's side Uh, There's four four teams now In the hat for a semi-final All with a A good realistic chance Of winning the Cup
1: And uh, Stephen It's now A a bit of limbo For the the big two If you like Because they've got this big game At the weekend It's not as important as, as it might otherwise be But there's no such thing as a meaningless yeah. fixture Between the sides is there?
3: We can always guarantee a row We're standing here in the midweek cam zone Before the gathering weekend storm
1: Absolutely 01419511025 If you want to have your say on the lines And if you would rather tweet You can do that of course at Clyde SSB But I say it every night because I mean it I would rather speak to you on the phone So pick it up and let us know what you've got 01419511025 uh, of course, you got your hands on the the championship trophy at the weekend as well. Muted celebrations—is that just a an acknowledgement of a, a job done and and start planning for the, th- the next step?
2: Yeah, pretty much. It was a, it was obviously a conversation within the players. I think it was it's a difficult scenario, obviously, with the, the petition that went on, with the fans not really wanting the players to lift the trophy and sort of mm. a silent protest, if you will. But you know, it's it was a difficult one because there's a lot of players in there have never won a, a medal before and we all just sort of came to an agreement that a sort of muted celebrations would be the best case for everyone but obviously for us just delighted to to get it over the line it was good to you know to lift the trophy and get a medal under our hands in the last game Friday and then all geared to hearts back in the top flight
1: Right, what have you got for us on the phones Then you decide Have you still got lingering thoughts from the weekend I suspect you might It was one of those weekends That so many talking points If you've still got thoughts on those Get them in And if you want to look ahead to this weekend's football You can do that as well We're always in limbo a little bit on the Wednesday night So let us know what you think on the phones Or on Twitter In terms of The news cycle Stephen McGowan It is a bit quiet But I must admit I was delighted this morning Every morning I wake up pretty sad My first thought is What are we going to talk about On Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard this evening And on on the back page Of the Daily Mail Exclusive it says Stephen McGowan Eddie Howe deciding on his Celtic backroom team Then I looked at the the schedule Who is on the show tonight None other than the man himself
3: Five minutes in You're throwing me under a bus (laughs) Listen, with this one Nothing's done Until he's done Immediate disclaimer You know Until he's standing With a, a scarf over his head On the pitch I think caution Has to be the watchword But Eddie Howe's speaking to people About becoming part of The Celtic backroom team We already know He wants to take Richard Hughes from Bournemouth He's a technical director at Bournemouth To head up with player scouting That one could go either way Less sure about that Than it was a couple of weeks ago But if it doesn't work For both parties In a gallery he's, he's already speaking To other candidates He has other options So you know, some of them are fairly obvious. You know, you'd probably like to get a Mark Butchell, maybe, if he's a Bournemouth scout, mm-hmm. former Celtic striker, In some capacity coaches have been named, Simon Featherston, um, you know, Stephen Purchase. So, you know, there are certainly people at Bournemouth you would like to get in. The problem is Bournemouth are on a chance for promotion. Yeah. Six points for the last seven, they are you know, playoff place they don't have a permanent manager. So none of this is easy. It's a bit like piecing together a jigsaw.
1: Things can change in football So if this doesn't happen You do not blame Stephen McGowan Right That is the number one rule It is not his fault Do not shoot the messenger But I wonder Celtic (laughs) I wonder Celtic fans How you're feeling About potential progress being made Could this be a significant week A significant couple of weeks How are you feeling um, Now that the I was going to say The league is never over In terms of You've still got games to play But you know Out the cup and Planning very much for next season Give us a call right now and, and let us know Your your most recent thoughts On that 01419511025 I suppose what it does do Stephen though Is whether it, it, it Does eventually get over the line It Perhaps does this reinforce the opinion you gave a couple of weeks ago? We get lots of fans who phone the show and say, "Ah, no, nah, I'm not convinced. Eddie, how he's obviously holding out for something else. He's holding out for Newcastle. He's holding out for Crystal Palace." You still don't don't believe that necessarily to be the case.
3: I don't buy into that. No, I mean uh, the, the the information. Listen, we are operating in a a bit of a, a vacuum of information here, contrary to what so many people think. There's no leaking. There's no briefing going on. Journalists are operating on scraps from so Celtic's point of view that's how it should be it's a professional way to do it but now Eddie Howe is talking to potential backroom staff more people hear about it things start to leak out slightly so you know I, I my, there's nothing that suggests to me he's holding out for a Crystal Palace or a Brighton or Newcastle or anything of that in nature I think he fancies something different I think he's taking a Celtic Opportunity Very seriously
1: We've had a little flavour Of what Stephen McGowan thinks But what do you think Out there On the phones 01419511025 Andy What is at stake This weekend When the sides meet
2: It's an old firm I mean I'll never buy into You know An old firm doesn't mean anything Even though the league title's already uh, On it's way to Ibrox At the end of the season I mean I've been a part of one I've been a part of An old firm game Where Celtic have already won the league And you still go in with the same The same willingness to do well For your football club And and end, it didn't feel any different no, no, no It didn't feel any different at all And I've no doubt whatsoever That Celtic will still be going in With the same mentality And same willingness To, to go and do well and win Listen it's four Four old Fulham games this season You know the last thing Celtic Want to do is, is You know allow Rangers To go a season unbeaten And and in five old Fulham games Get a You know a sort of clean sweep if you, uh, if you will So I've no doubt that John Kennedy will have his players Fired up and ready to go At the weekend
1: You don't need to look very far To find a narrative Surrounding these fixtures Stephen If there's not a trophy at stake there's an unbeaten run at stake And there's stopping an unbeaten run at stake If you're Celtic Or alternatively getting that first victory Over Rangers in a season So the incentives are clearly there
3: It's only been done three times Scottish football history That a team has gone an unbeaten league season Only the second time over 38 games If Rangers can do it Steven Gerrard can become the, the first Rangers manager Since Alex McQuish To go six games against Celtic unbeaten First time since 99 2000, Rangers will have gone an entire season against Celtic unbeaten if they avoid defeat. I don't know what would tell us a great deal about next season, you know, because actually, if you look back to that 99 2000, and I think we'll remember Rangers winning 4 0. And the next old firm game, you know, Celtic turn them over 6 2 hmm. because they've got a whole new raft of players, a new manager. So this game has be taken in isolation for the statistical significance. I don't think it holds any wider significance.
1: 01419511025. Let's bring in Ken. Who is a Celtic fan What's on your mind tonight Ken?
4: Well, I mean first of all I mean, When it comes to Saturday's game I, mean, I just hope that we For once this season Turn them over And hopefully turn them over good But a 1-0 would do me fine for Celtic
1: But symbolically does that Does it matter? Ken I mean Stephen's Quite right to point out Next season's so difficult to tell Who'll be there Who won't be there But just That notion of At least getting one victory Over your rivals in a season Is that important to you?
4: Yeah, yeah, I mean that would just put a really big smell on my face at the weekend if we actually could do that And basically stop the just started talking about doing the, uh, being unbeaten for the season, mm-hmm. you know You know, just that, that would put a smile on my face, you know And how we play would be irrelevant for me if I would just want him to win that game, you know And the other thing I wanted to say was, regarding the manager, I mean the how you thing is been going on and on and on You know I'm actually getting a bit fed up hearing about it right now All I would like to see next season Is Celtic back to the winning ways Top of the league Getting good results, playing well So whoever the new manager is I'm not really the first at the moment As long as we get back to the winning ways And can put a smile back on the Celtic fans' faces yeah, You know I, what I mean? So,
1: I, I get that logic but I assume that Celtic believe Eddie Howe is the man to get them back to the top of the league Ken, and and have smiles returned to faces like yours. So if he, if he's the number one target, as I think it's pretty clear that he is, are you happy to wait out a little bit longer just to make sure that you get your man?
4: I'm happy to wait it out. I mean, when I first heard of Eddie Howe, I didn't know anything about him. I read up on him, what he's done in the in the game, etc., and then I was quite happy that he, you were know, going for him as a manager. You know, so I'm quite happy to wait to wait for it out and see what happens at the end of the day and that report we mentioned earlier on he's talking to people about some of his backroom staff that is a sounds like a positive step forward but at the end of the day I want Celtic winning next season what I, want. I want money to spend and I want the team winning
1: Andy has it, just looking at it from the outside has it surprised you that we're still having this discussion on the 10th Wednesday in a row perhaps or is that just the way it is nowadays That these negotiations can take their time?
2: They can take their time I think you know, we know spoke about it previously We can understand Celtic fans' frustration but Everybody's talking about the big rebuilding uh, that Whoever the next Celtic manager's uh, going to have in their hands So ideally they would get their target in nice and early to, to analyse what he's already got within the mm. squad And going into the summer Obviously identifying you know, potential signs to bolster But you know, like Stephen said earlier There's so many factors behind it that you know, us as pundits, us as fans don't see and one of them is of course trying to get the backroom staff in that he feels will give him the best opportunity to to upturn Celtic's fortunes so I can understand the frustrations of Celtic fans because we've seen this before more often than not with with Celtic players you know, linked with certain targets that you you can see as players really bolstering their squad dragging on for a number of weeks or so and eventually not happening right now it doesn't feel as if that's the case I think it's been pretty clear that that Eddie Howe seems to be the number one target that Celti um that Celtic hierarchy want and it's gonna take time. But you know, I can understand the frustrations, but right now, obviously, Stephen will know better than me, but if I still fancy one person that's gonna to, gonna to get the job, I do fancy it'd be Eddie Howe.
1: Just in case there was any doubt, Stephen, and I'm not sure that, that there is, but you know, just in case, does this highlight just how important Modern managers feel about getting all the jigsaw pieces in place. The backroom staff has to be perfect for them, and that is now about more than just your assistant manager. It's then your first team coach. It can be uh, you know if there's a technical director involved it can be even going further strength and condition analysis recruitment whatever it may be that, that that's important. We all talk about this headline name this one guy, but there's a lot more that goes into that process. is that what we're we're seeing here
3: yeah because. Particularly player acquisition, buying players, recruitment, which, you know, you look at the Patrick Clomales scenario, 14 months, 28 games, three goals, was it? They've signed too many Patrick Clomales. Recruitment has been awful. It's just not been anywhere near it. So if you're going to be a successful coach at Celtic to get their fortunes back in the, the straight and narrow, you need to have the right players there. Pet Guardiola can't do much of average players. So he needs to know that that recruitment scenario the vacancy Has been created By Nick Hammond's departure Is going to be filled By somebody he knows And he trusts Because unless he gets The component parts Fitting together It doesn't mm. offer Any guarantee Or any satisfaction For him that He can do the job properly
1: Yeah because You know Clubs will Do their research Into a manager But you imagine It works both ways And if you are a manager Who's going to come To a club that's had An inconsistent Recruitment success rate Shall we say Recently And mm. um, probably consistently disappointing over the last year or so you'd want to know that you're not going to get those types of players saddled upon you as well
3: There's two ways of looking at this, isn't there? Because you can see the argument that the club should appoint a director of football or a head of recruitment the club should control that guy he should set the, a director of football team should set the identity, the ethos and he should survive the coach Let's face it, coaches come in for well, three years now they're gone here today, gone tomorrow The director of football should survive that And the club should appoint him But You know, if you're Eddie Howe Ultimately, managers like Eddie Howe They pick Celtic Celtic don't pick them It's the same with Ben and Rogers, And he will do it on his terms
1: 01419511025 Thank you to Ken Let's see what John's got on his mind Hi John
3: Hi Andy
5: Hi Gordon, Stephen Eh uh, I was just thinking t- t- the boy there. On I think one of your first signings would be this Ryan Portis. I've been on to I think this boy's a cracking player. I've watched him performing this season. He seems to have grown into a better player. He's caught out a bit of the rashness, but also I don't think Eddie Howe come to Celtic. I still think we'll get Jack Ross or somebody like that. And, I'm, and I, I still I quite like Jack Ross, but. I was hoping for a bigger name, but just why I think what the boys
1: think. What makes you say that? I was going to make a joke there that if you just pick up the paper this morning, Stephen McGowan's telling you it's definitely happening, but I won't do no, that because no, no, the, the look in his face, I know, I think he'll walk out and he'll leave me and Andy. Um, what makes you think it won't happen? I
5: don't, need to, I just don't think it will. Just, I, as I said to you, I've been on here, as you know, quite a regular, and a, a couple of years ago I said I thought Jack must be a good fit for Celtic if Brendan went, yeah. but... Uh, I think they maybe still go for the cheap option but I'm hoping I'm not because I still think Jarvis is a good manager but uh, I'd like to still think Eddie Howe's just dragging his heels over all this and to me he, he's still looking for uh, some, something down south I still think that's what he's looking for See there you are Stephen
1: You don't have to worry about it Because not only Is is John not hanging on Your suggestion That Eddie Howe is progressing He's not even listening To any of it He's still <laughs> convinced He thinks he is waiting For another job So he's ignoring you completely So he's you're, a, you're fine he's a,
3: he's a good judge of you're character fine. Of absolutely He's fine. a wise
1: man However He wants Celtic to sign Ryan Porteous. What do we make of that?
2: I think Ryan Portis Is actually really underappreciated As a football player I think a lot of people Know, have this conception that he's a, a big aggressive centre half who likes to get stuck in, which he, he does. But I think he's you know, when you the more you watch him you realise he seems very athletic for a, a centre half that's not massive in stature. I don't think he's six three, six four. Um but also as a football player, I think he's he's got a range of passing in him. He's, I think he's got he's got midfielders in front of him that are willing to take the ball in, in tight areas and, and as a you know as somebody that's play, uh, that plays midfield, I think Sometimes your best attribute As a defender Is just knowing What you're good at And I think Ryan Portis Does that really well Nine times out of ten He'll lend in His, his midfielders But he's also got that Switch of playing range of passing as well So I think he's actually Really underappreciated And you know Listen if, if, if John says that Would be his first sign at Celtic Then uh, you know, so be it. But I, I certainly don't think it would be a, a bad move because I, I I really do rate him as a player.
1: I've got nothing against throwing sort of random names in, Stephen. That's that's your currency on on shows like this, and, and we enjoy it, and we enjoy the debates about who could fit in and who couldn't. But but all of that stuff does become more difficult when you don't you don't know who the manager is, and you don't yeah. know if Richard Hughes is going to come with him or not. You know, hey, everything
3: tough. everything hinges on that. I, I think it's interesting as well. With names like Ryan Porter's and Andy, will be aware of this when you're talking about players from Scotland in the SPFL there will be Celtic fans listening to that spitting their tea over the screen because they'll be thinking SPFL players there's a snobbiness about it isn't there there's a kind of there's a kind of disregard for Scottish players they want glamorous big names from overseas from from the continent or from England and I think that's what they're going to expect and Celtic have to deliver something for the fans because they're pretty disillusioned and season ticket renewal time is coming up so that's why I think there's a bit of pressure on him to deliver something now. Uh,
1: 0141 951 1025 on the phones. It's at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Thank you to John. I mean, straight away, we've got... A hip. Derek's a Hibs fan. So I don't know if he's just annoyed at the suggestion or, or what. Derek, what's on your mind?
6: How are you doing, lads? Good to talk to you. I've been trying to get through, but last night I listened. It's just regarding that caller that was just doing He's Jack going about. I like Jack I like Jack Ross. I like Jack Ross. Right, last night it was Martin Boyle and Dodge. That's happened all before. They took Ian Murray, he went to the Rangers, they dangled the carrot, the Rangers and Celtic dangled the carrot. And all these boys jumped ship and then they put them on the bench. Why not leave them where they are, develop their game and let Hibs get to the top of the tree rather than stealing players and managers and trying to better themselves because they're doing crap? It gets me so angry.
1: Well, no, every club's going to want to just sign what they think is good players, though, are they not? Yeah, no, but they do that, aye. But that's the
6: thing; they're taking it away for another team who's doing well. Why not just leave it and find <laughs> the own players?
1: You know what I mean? It just—it's nonsense. Yeah, I mean, listen. I've Derek as as a fan of of a team out with those two. Yeah, it's frustrating. The big guns come calling and and take your players away, but but. Uh, is that really going to happen So what Celtic and Rangers Have to deliberately Just, just leave these Hibs players Where they are just, just because And just to allow Hibs to flourish That's not going to happen is it? Look at the,
6: look at the scenario With Scott Allen right Rangers were glad to Scott Allen But Allen Stubbs Wouldn't have let him go Because it was Rangers mm-hmm. And he went to Celtic And what happened To him at Celtic It's happened With countless players Going to different Out, out with other teams Going to the old firm But still, Furn doesn't exist anymore, to be quite
1: honest with you. I I, I love to be surprised that we've now got fans of other clubs wading in on these debates on Super Scoreboard. I don't, you know, I I, I don't usually get surprised on the show. I should should know to expect the unexpected. But, I, I mean, I'm not really sure I get Derek's point, Andy, in the sense that, yeah, if you're Hibs, you don't want them going, but Celtic and Rangers aren't going to worry about that, are they?
2: No and The fact of the matter is Celtic and Rangers Can also be victims Of bigger clubs Coming in for For their prospects You know Billy Gilmore Is a perfect example Where you know A, you know, a young kid bring, uh, Coming through The the youth ranks At Rangers Had a bright future for, for From a very young age Someday that I'm sure you know, Any manager that was uh, A part of Rangers At the time Was really excited Them coming through And you know A big club like, uh, club like Chelsea comes along And I think it was easy for players and fans to say at the time. Ah, but is he going to play? Is he going to play at Chelsea? They're star studied They've got x amount of money in the world. But at the end of the day, it's changed the young kid's life, and he's going there with the belief that no, I'm good enough. I can do it. So ultimately, you know, they hope for him get every right to go in and try and get you know any player they can. And uh, you know, listen, it's all hearsay. But if Celtic do it for Ryan Portis, ultimately it's a Ryan Portis decision if he wants to leave or not. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll you know if if that's ever the case, he'll have the belief that he can go he can go and do well. But I do believe that. Now, more so than, than back then, I think gone are the days where Rangers and Celtic can come in and sort of penny-pinch other players in the in the Scottish hmm. League. I think, you know, Kevin Nisbet, what was the fee that was uh, talked about for Birmingham? Was it £3, three million? Pounds? Do you know what I mean? So it's, I think, uh, gone are the days where Rangers and Celtic come in and, and offer, you know, very little money for these players, at, uh, the likes of Hibs.
3: Trouble is, COVID, isn't it? I mean, you, you've you got a great example. You talk about Lewis Ferguson at Aberdeen, who is a really good central midfielder. You could argue... Celtic and Rangers could have a use for Lewis Ferguson just now, Celtic losing Scott Brown Rangers might get bids for Glenn Kamara I don't know what the situation is with Ryan Jack and Aberdeen will say, well Celtic and Rangers will vote for 4-5 or five million quid but Covid has ravaged club finances mm. so, you know, basic economics dictate that there are still bargains to be had
1: uh, Right, 01419511025 Having a bit of discussion in the office about this one, so I want you to, to weigh in, right, with Rangers now out the cup and perhaps, you know Starting to look at What is that next step then So it was the Premiership Trophy That was the priority In terms of Going on to that next level What is next For you Rangers fans Where would would you strengthen that team You've maybe now got a bit of time To kind of sit and Take stock of the season Look at where you're at Look at areas for improvement Early I appreciate that But what's next For this Rangers side Where would you strengthen it Give us your thoughts right now
0: you are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard
1: Stephen McGowan and Andy Halliday Are in the building They want to hear from you 0141 951 1025 We kicked off hearing from a couple of Celtic fans On Eddie Howe and where the team is at At the moment It said just before the break We were discussing it in the office And we wanted to get your take on it What, what is next for Rangers Are there areas that they Should strengthen to take them to that next level, what, what what do you think the summer will look like recruitment wise? Give us a call, Rangers fans, and let us know. O one four one nine five one one oh two five. Uh let's get into that with Andy who's on the line. What do you think, Andy?
4: How you doing guys, all right? Good. Uh I I've just reading that uh this thing about this boy Sakala today, you know, in the paper. He didn't actually be a great write up. You know what I mean, with this boy to Belgium but my worry is now that Do you think it's ominous now that we might be losing two or striker? I don't know if Depo's signed or not I don't know if he signed yet But do you think that's, that's going to five strikers now? I mean surely we can't keep going I'm just hoping Is it ominous that Manelis is definitely going to go or do you think he'll stay?
1: Yeah I've seen the name that, that you mentioned Andy Fashion Sakala you're, you're right there's talk about Ustenda isn't it? That's the team that Jack Henry's been on loan to in, in Belgium He scored 13-28 in, in, in the Belgian top flight this season And uh, has been linked with Rangers I love the new 21st century Investigative stuff That goes along with this Stephen Because Apparently He doesn't follow many people On social media But he started following The Rangers players Which means Well that's it It's as good as as done It's a sure sign It's the new Scarf above the head picture Um, I I think we would all Admit that we probably Don't know A great deal about him At at this stage What about the striking Area in general Andy Halliday To Andy on the
2: line Uh, well, I mean, I think we can all agree that Alfredo Morelos is a main man. Has been for for a couple of seasons now. You know, you got to look at the. It was an area where Rangers really felt as if they had to strengthen last year, and rightly so, because you know Rangers were far too too reliant on Alfredo Morelos' goals. They went off, uh, they went out, and obviously spent a, a fair chunk of money on the likes I said you're for just just north of two million, I think it was, and, and Kamar Ruth the same, just north of four million. So fairly, fairly, fairly uh, hefty figures, but. I mean, looking at Cedric Itton, uh, I think he's found his chances few and far between, uh, between but when he's played, has he looked you know, a 2.5 million player? I'm not too sure. Uh, maybe with another year under his belt at, at Scottish football, we can see an improvement in his game next year. Uh, Kamar Roof. Uh, Kamar Roof's been a funny one for me. I thought he started the season really well, scored some important goals. Since then, you know, he's had a couple of injuries when he's came back into the team. I don't think he's looked quite the player that he did at the start of the year. Uh, but I think... You know, Stephen Gerrard, Kamar-Ruth was a player that Stephen Gerrard was after for, for a couple of years. So I think he's um you know, he, he realises what he can bring to the squad. I am more inclined to look at the sort of you know, wide the front three, you know, I've spoken about it a number of times on the show. Anytime there's an old firm or a European game and I'm asked to give my, my two cents on what I feel the team is. I feel as if that's always the position of uncertainty where you know you can almost guarantee a starting nine, a starting ten in Rangers team and that's the position that always seems to get rotated, whether Yanis Hadji plays comes out. Kamar Roof Comes in there Or you know, Scott Arfield Joe Aribel Dropping up for the Midfield 3 of all, uh, uh, Quite often being Deployed in that, that Front 3 So I think If there is an area That Rangers will improve I believe it's that But I don't think It's the same as Previous seasons Where you're looking At Rangers and think They're mm. going to Bring in 4 or 5 players who strength really strengthen. I think their biggest issue Our biggest priority This year Will be trying to keep The core of the squad They've already got you
1: know, that, that, is, That's the reason I ask the question Stephen It's not me saying oh my goodness Rangers got knocked out of the cup This means they need to sign six or seven players But I think every team on the planet Wants to add when they're already strong When, when you win things you want, you want to build on that I'm sure being a, a, as ambitious as Steven Gerrard is He will want a next level A next step whatever that may be Is, is there anything glaring there Or is it a case of trying to keep that core
3: It was a point he was at, I actually asked him about it after the game On Sunday night And he said look we've never said we'd the finished article we have so much work left to do. I think that showed it on Sunday night it helped to help to ram the point home. Alfredo Morelos, you know, he he's looked happier this year, but you know, ultimately players, as we've seen with on Edward, they might decide the time is right for them to go. They might decide, right, I've done done everything I can, I've scaled the heights, I've won the league, he might decide it's time to go. Fashion Shakala is interesting because I think he's he's a very lucrative offer from the Middle East. It was offered something like thirty thousand a pound a week after tax. But he seems to want to go to Rangers So he's obviously got the hunger To be in Europe To play for Rangers Really interested to see who he replaces. I still think it's probably going to be one
2: Do you think Jermaine Defoe will be there next season Andy? I think he will uh, I think you will know that his, his time on the pitch will probably be limited I think he came out and obviously spoke a bit He wants to have one more season and, and hopefully finish off in front of fans uh, But I think It'll be, you know, we all know that him and Stephen Gerrard are close. I think it'll be an honest conversation between the two of them. I think Stephen Gerrard will realise that, you know, if, if Jermaine Defoe wants to stay for another year, he's going to take a significant decrease in, in, in the current wages already on. And to be honest, I, you know, I don't think, you know, financially, uh, Jermaine Defoe's got many motivations if he wants to continue playing on for another year.
1: He's got a few quid, is what he's you're telling few, us. He's got a
2: few quid, right, I'd, okay. I'd, I'd imagine, <laughs> let's just say. Uh, so I think it'll just be a pretty honest conversation between him and the manager if he wants to stay. Obviously this is what We're going to work out Because at the end of the day It's not only what He brings on the pitch And by the way Even when the Defoe Still played this year He scored goals But you can't Underestimate his experience And what he's doing With the rest of the younger players At the club And helping you know, The, the next generation Of Rangers players Come through
1: uh, Thank you to Andy On the line Let's bring in Thomas Who is also a Rangers fan Thomas what What's next What does the next step Look like For, for that Rangers team
7: Good evening Gordon, I've been on before about the Rangers uh, defensively and despite only having shipped 12 goals in the league this season which is good I still feel that we're very very fragile at the back When you consider that in the league teams will back off and every point's precious So they're not as expansive as they are in a cup tie St Mirland and St Johnston showed that, get into their faces and Rangers can be suspect defensively you're looking at, okay, it was Benfica, but you're 3-1 up, 10 men, and you they come back to 3 each. We ship goals in the Cup, and we ship them in Europe, despite getting good results. And if it hadn't been for Alan McGregor this season, let's be honest, we would have conceded a lot more than 12 goals in the league. Where I think we're, we're suspect is St. Mervyn St. Johnson proved it. Wayne, they, they exploit the fact that our fullbacks play quite high up, and they get in behind us. And I looked at that St. Johnson goal, which was absolutely shocking to lose. When you see a big guy, you know, how more obvious can you be? And they don't pick him up. I would like to see a a dominant, strong, big midfield player playing just in front of that back four. And one who is on my mind is Greg Docherty. Now, I believe he's still a Rangers player. I think he's on loan at Hull City. I read in the paper today, he's in the running for Hull City's Player of the Year. His nickname there is The Machine he also got player of the year at Shrewsbury, when he was on loan there. And your guy who answered the phone says he saw him in a 5k race during lockdown. And apparently his time was just remarkable. And I think it's someone with that dominant presence, a big guy like that, that we need in front of that back for, with the way we play. I don't think they're as solid in defence. It's what we think, and it and it gets exploited, especially in the last couple of minutes and things like that. You know, we, we switch off. We need to be some someone there shouting. Um, I hate to say it, Scott Brown does it at Celtic. You know, in his day, screaming at players to pick up markers. And that's where I think we really okay.
1: need to look Well let's go through some of that Just to warn you Producer Callum runs a very nifty 5k But I don't think Rangers are going to sign him <laughs> anytime soon So I wouldn't worry about the 5k time too much As as impressive as it is Andy uh, Right where will we start Defence I mean I, I was under the impression Rangers defence was Lauded from everyone this season And that was the The strong point of the team if you like But Thomas thinks in, in, in individual games That he can recall he's seen one or two things
2: um, I mean he says that St Johnson and St Mirren in the Cup proved it But what about the 38 league games Where they did concede 12 goals I, I mean it proves that Rangers are a very good team defensively No team's going to have a full season Where there's not you know, Lapses or, 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 or Scenarios where you can pick out And say ah they look a bit fragile I mean He talks about teams you know, Not being open and expansive And really getting after uh, Rangers I don't think teams are open and expansive And getting after Celtic most weeks But still Celtic still look pretty fragile defensively uh, he's talking about obviously Greg Dockett someone I played with. I don't know if Thomas has watched him, but he's not a big dominant midfielder. That's not Greg Dockett's game. He's a box to box midfielder who actually finds himself more in the opposition's box than he does defensively. Uh, and he's also talking about, you know, Greg has went down there. He's in the run for play of the year and brilliant. I, you know, like I said, I played with him. I really hope he goes down and does uh, there and does do it really well. But Steve Davis is in the running for a Rangers play of the year. He's in the running for play of the year in the league. He's showed absolutely no signs whatsoever of slowing down, regardless of being the ripe old age. I think it's thirty-five. That's the reason Stephen Gerrard went out and offered him another year. So, I mean, I, truth be told, I disagree with with all of Thomas's points. Oh Well, Thomas, at least he's, at least he's honest.
7: Indeed, he is. I and uh, agree with him with what he said about Steve Davis. But um, it's types of players and what Andy says about Celtic's fragilities. Again, you know, we're, we're not. I'm not debating Celtic's fragilities. That's not my interest. It's. I want Rangers to go to the next level, and I still think that defensively we can. but again, with Alan McGregor, we've only conceded twelve goals. Any other goalkeeper, I think it would have been a lot more. Well, not a lot more than twelve goals, but I think we would at least have conceded another ten without. Yeah, Thomas. That's
3: why he's there. That's the, a goalkeeper is an integral part of the team. I mean, Rangers have suffered. This syndrome again, Celtic in the League Cup final with Fraser Foster. That's what a goalkeeper does. And I think you're a bit harsher on Gwen Kamara as well. I mean, if you're talking about teams around Europe at a high level looking for a holding midfielder this summer, I would guess almost every one of them would have Gwen Kamara on their list.
2: Or Ryan Jack.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. If they fit. So, I mean, Thomas, I respect your opinion. I think you're a bit harsh.
2: Slow
1: is on Twitter. And a similar theme says, We're crying out for a Stephen Davis apprentice and eventual replacement. Zungu wasn't good enough Says Slow On Twitter
2: I mean that's a different argument But I mean If we're talking about Potentially improving the team For next year I still think Stephen Davis And I think In Stephen Gerrard's instance He's probably one of the first names In the team sheet right now I think Ryan Jack's another one Ryan Jack Is probably more inclined To be a holding midfielder I think When Stephen Gerrard's looked hmm. To pair him in, uh, Stephen D- uh, with Stephen Davis In midfield I think he realised that Ryan Jack can probably bring a little bit more being box to box. So I think they do have two scenarios and players that can play that role. But I mean if we're talking in, in terms of improving Rangers team, we can't surely we can't be talking about the back four after the season they've had. And so look, and I've actually got the, the, the you know the back four sitting in front of me. They've got Steven Gerrard's always pretty vocal in the fact he wants two players in every position. They've actually got six centre halves. So who does it Simpson? Jack Simpson, George Edmondson, who will come back next year, Nico Katic, Phil Helander, Balligan, Conor mm. 951 01419511025.
1: Do you agree or disagree with what you're hearing? Let's hear from you.
0: 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
1: Andy Halliday and Stephen McGowan are here. You can get in touch on in two ways: on Twitter or on the phones. AJ. Has tweeted in Totally disagree with that last caller Our defence has been our best asset this season Greg Docherty's also Gone to Hull So Gerrard isn't going to suddenly buy him back This summer Says uh, AJ Let's bring in David Who's a Rangers fan And see what's on his mind Hi David How we doing panel? Good thank you Are you well? Uh,
8: I'm alright I'm alright um, I felt a wee bit robbed Because uh, just after I got off the phone To your producer um, uh, the, the, For the caller Straight afterwards Brought up the exact point that I'm about <laughs> to bring up um, uh, With Fashion Sakala. Um, now, you, you can
1: just elaborate on it. That's the point. He he just he just teed it up for you nicely, and you can take all the glory.
8: Basically, um, he's he's around about the same size as um He's same oh, bit the same size as me. He's about five eight, um, but he's twenty kilo heavier than me. So, like, I, I'm imagining that's that's going to be a, it's basically a morelis S player. He gets a hell of a lot of cards, um, but a kind of a kind of average goal rate. He's, he's he's up there, but he's not too heavy but I have watched um, some highlights in play and he does play like Morelos he pl- he's, he plays off the players he's strong on and off the ball um, it's just if, like if we are to lose Morelos he would be a good fit especially if we can get him on a free
1: I feel like you know every season there's obviously a does Alfredo Morelos leave this summer debate and I, are we any closer to
2: knowing I don't think so But I mean out of the past few windows This is probably the least convinced I've been That he will actually leave Really? Why isn't? is that? I mean he just I don't know It feels as if he's happier I, I feels as if, It feels as if the club's a lot happier with him You know his disciplinary issues Has been something that's been heavily talked about Over the last couple of years He's been almost exemplary, uh, mm-hmm. exemplary Gee, is this He's had a couple he said a couple but almost I mean it's certainly an improvement On the on the couple of years previous Obviously Reigns have gone on and. And won their first league under uh, uh, since Alfredo Monello's been at the club, he's got the incentive for obviously putting in the Champions League next year. is his price value, can can the club demand a price value that they could have potentially had demanded the year before? I'm not sure. That's certainly up for debate in my opinion. And I just think he's really, really happy at the football club. I think he's obviously he's adored by the fans. I think it's uh, I think he also adores being at the football club. So I just I, I don't mm. think he's going to leave.
3: It's funny you, you know you can understand When fans They don't like it When you talk about Selling the, the star player But Rangers have to Adapt the model They have to I think they've, they've been On record saying They have to be A selling club as well So if you can Get £50 million pounds For Alfredo Manellos For argument's sake And you bring in Fashion Sakala for free That's really good business And it helps them To reinvest to in infrastructure And generally try And make the team better So it shouldn't be Bad language to say You know what One day Alfredo Morelos mm. Will leave for good money
1: David what what does the next step look for that that's what we're asking here this is not us in case anyone's just tuning in and saying Rangers are in crisis because they get put out off St. Johnson and they need to sign players it's about you know if if you've won the league what do you think the next the next kind of step up looks like it might not be about recruitment it might be about a full belief that the guys who are already there are going to improve but if it was recruitment is there an area is there a particular sequence of events that you can see taking place over the summer
8: um if, if anything, I would say that but, but with, with these players, they're not players that I want to leave. I, I do feel that, um, like Andy says, that he, he, he's got a lot more passion for the club now than he might have had a few years ago. Um, the same with most of the players. Um, I would say if, if there's probably going to be somebody going out and yeah, again, don't want him to leave, but it's probably going to be Glenn Kamara just simply for... Uh, as I was saying to your producer, um, I like to use this analogy all the time. Uh, whenever a player's transfer fee is brought up, I like to use uh, Glenn Kamara as a unit of uh, comparison. So Shane Duffy's loan fee equals forty
1: bought and paid for Glenn Camaras. It's a good way of looking at it, I guess.
3: Um, Glenn Kamara was a deal of a century, wasn't he? I mean, was it fifty thousand pounds? Astonishing, yes,
1: astonishing business. The, um, the, you know, David mentions that 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 could be the one you never know and it obviously depends on on who who fancies these players yep. and 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 what that that looks like D- does the picture change because of what rangers achieved on the pitch this season for instance had they not won the league again and then there is no champions league to look forward to w- would you be more inclined to think right well this will be at this will be it time for morelos he's, he's had enough he's done enough and he'll go D- does the incentive of the champions league change things not necessarily just for him
2: Potentially, I think more for the players perspective So maybe Alfredo Morelos you No, know, I think was it was it Lille, uh last year that came in with, a, with an offer for Alfredo Morelos They look as if they could potentially win the French League this year and So maybe if he gets another offer with a team in the Champions League That might might turn his head I, I, I tend to actually agree with David in the fact that If there is one player that I can see really having a lot of suitors this summer It could be Glenn Kamara I just think he's had rave reviews anytime he's played with Finland He's going to go to the Euros where Hundreds and hundreds of clubs around the countries and, and, and European football are going to be watching And if he continues the vein of form he's been in for club and country I can see him having a lot of suitors uh, come the summer But, I mean, Gordon, I'm saying that I don't think he'll leave Every player's got their price yeah. Every player within the squad That's why, for me, I think if there's anyone that I can see Having a lot of suitors, it's Glenn Kamara What, what does that mean then? Does that mean you
1: think he's got the potential to make the the biggest kind of step up? Because the, the guy who does that is not always... He's not always your best player, is it? It might just be the guy that you think is on that trajectory and maybe has a style that could fit into to other teams, other countries, other clubs, whatever it is.
2: Yeah, and and, and look looking at Rangers' squad and specifically their, their, their starting lineup, they're all of a good age. You take Steven Davis and Alan McGregor At the equation. They're all players that are, are young, are players that are pretty early in their prime. So I, I do think a lot of these players are going to continue to improve. I look at Ryan Kent, Ryan Kent in spells this season has been remarkable. But I still think he's got another two or three levels Yanis Hadji Although I feel there's been quite a number of games Where he's been disappointing He's 22 We've seen how good he can be in games He's going to continue to improve Alfredo Morelos Joe Arribo Glenn Kamara Again of good age But Glenn Kamara is one I think you're quite right in saying that His style of play The way he's played club and country I think there'll be a lot of teams Thinking that he can go to the next level And in, 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 in play his trade at, uh, Obviously a Premier League club or whatnot. not
3: It's interesting because it, If you're talking about Real money for Alfredo Morelos, you're talking about a profit of 14 million quid. You're talking about Glenn Kamara bringing in eight or nine million pounds. You're talking about a massive profit. And selling shouldn't be a nasty word. But the thing is, Rangers have got potential for Champions League money coming in this season. So there's not the same urgent financial imperative to sell as there might have been before they won the league. So that's the eternal conundrum. One Celtic have been wrestling with for years. Do you wait to see if you reach the Champions League? Before you start selling or buying mm. seriously That's that's a balancing act
1: Yeah, the timing as well David, thank you very much Let's bring in George on the south side What's your point tonight, George?
9: Hi guys, you's all alright? Good, thanks uh, My point is That game at St Johnson Would have been prevented And possibly Rangers went through it's, it's, it's down to game management Basically Rangers' attack this season Has all came from the midfield, right? Uh, Why he started Hadji, I'll never know, because not that I've got anything against the guy, he's not suited for the Scottish game, in my opinion, Uh, especially a cup game, because those games are pretty brutal, to be honest, and you really need to be fit, fighting, hard, tough. He's better suited for Europe, by far, because he can play, he's got space, he can have time in the ball, he's more finesse, and to be honest, he hadn't even started... I can't remember last time he started a game and all of a sudden he's in the starting lineup against St. Johnson. I don't get it. Uh, I think that was one of the reasons we struggled. Uh, had he shuffled the midfield about, it could have been a different story. But that was my opinion. And uh, secondly...
1: Every time someone, whether it be a caller or a pundit, questions Yanis Hadji or, or looks at potential for him not to start big games, George... People usually then tweet in straight away and say, "Ah, but look at the number of assists he's got this season." The you know the numbers, the goal involvements—they all speak for themselves. Why is that not doing it for you?
9: He's, he's better suited for Europe. I would have played him in European games or league games. That's fine, but see me going into a cup competition. Teams are going to have a go at you. They're going to be as St. Johnson did. They blew us away. Uh, they really, they really fought their corner and they pressed us everywhere. He he doesn't do well. He went down a few times as well. They just... He's just not fit for the Scottish game, I don't think. He's far better than Europe. And this as well, we don't even shoot outside the box. We're trying to walk it in like Arsenal back in the day. That doesn't help, especially when a team's set up a brick wall against you. You need to start to take shots outside the box.
2: Yeah, I mean, well... George's point, and I share, but he thinks that Yanis Hadji is better suited to Europe. I think Steven Gerrard might, might disagree with that because in six group games, Jannis Hadji started two. So it actually, almost feels as if when these games come around, all the old firm games, Jannis Hadji is one of the first ones that get sort of gets sacrificed. But listen, me me saying that there's a definitely a place for Yanis Hadji in Rangers squad. You know, let's not forget as well, he's 22. You know, when he came on And loan uh, to Rangers last year, he was he was one of the standouts towards the end of the season. Came up with big goals and and, and big moments as well. So he's another one within the squad that I feel has got the potential to improve. But for me, when you're looking at the... I think managers always go to players they can trust in big games. And I think Rangers have got nine, arguably ten that are guaranteed all the time. And that position, sort of Yanis Hadji, Kamar Roof position, is the one that's always got a bit of uncertainty in terms of the big games. That's why I feel as if that's the position they'll probably look to improve. But... For me, Yanis Hadji certainly got a place in Rangers squad. He's got a place in Scottish football. But uh, in big games, he seems to always be the one that sacrificed.
3: Every defeat needs a scapegoat, does not it? And I think it's a bit unfair from George and Yanis Hadji because he went off after 68 minutes. Uh, Maybe didn't have the best game, but Scott Wright came on. You know, and Rangers weren't in any immediate danger at that point. They went to 0-0 after 90 minutes, scored after... You know, with four minutes to go of extra time, and then they lost the late equaliser on fairly freaky circumstances. So, you can ask questions about the mentality. Yeah, you can ask questions about the game management. I thought actually when Alfredo Manelos went off, it weakened Rangers more mm-hmm. than when Hanji went yeah. off. But um, you know, in terms of an uh, Ayanna Haji, I don't think he was to blame for what happened during the night.
1: Thank you, George. It was nice to speak to you. That takes us up to time for this. Beat the Pundit with The
0: Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash
1: football It is Beat the Pundit time it's your chance to win that signed ball and of course cash in the bragging rights but only if you can get past Andy Halliday or Stephen McGowan you need to call before 7 o'clock so that's 01419511025 before 7 and your chance to beat the Pundit could be up next (laughs)
0: tackle the headlines 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard
1: Stephen McGowan and Andy Halliday are here We're halfway through So you've still got until 8 o'clock to get your calls in 01419511025 If you're just joining us I've got no idea where you've been But here's what you've missed We kicked off hearing from some Celtic fans Eddie Howe as always on the minds Rangers fans picking up there And looking at what's the the next step Is there an area that, that can be strengthened If you want to take that next step forward If you've got any thoughts on them You're more than welcome to keep them coming in I must admit I thoroughly enjoyed the the break They're listening to Andy Halliday Trying to pretend That he's no bothered About Beat the Pundit Now that he's unbeaten runs over Says he He doesn't care That's it It's all over And Stephen McGowan Practically begging to make Me fix it So that Andy Halliday Plays tonight And not him So let's see what we've got here
0: Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun Dot UK Slash football
1: It is Beat the Pundit time Same time Every night Liam is going to take part tonight. He's a Dumfermline fan from Kelty How's it going, Liam?
4: Hi, hi. It's going good. Going we, good.
1: Will we got a wee championship rivalry going on. Could we do Dumfermline v Hearts with Andy Halliday, or you want to take advantage of the more inexperienced pundit in the studio? No, nah, I'll
4: take on Andy. I'll take on Andy. Well, there
1: we go. we'll toss the coin. If it's heads, it will be Stephen McGowan though, and if it's tails, it is Andy Halliday. Sorry Stephen, it's heads, you are up He's shaky like he's
3: I went to primary school in Fern And this is a fifth derby Did you really? I really no, did,
1: yeah, I've yep. ruined this guy night I, I started the show by telling everyone That uh, he says Eddie Howe's definitely on his way Which he didn't by the way I'm he just. He threw me under a bus And now he's, now he's playing Beat the Pundit So this will be the last time we have Stephen McGowan on the show I think <laughs> um, He's never talking to me again But I'm going to give him some Clyde 2 to listen to just so that he can't hear Liam's answers Liam 30 seconds on the clock You're head to head with Stephen And you can pass Are you ready? Yeah I'm ready Right let's go 30 seconds Starts now How many Scottish teams Did France and Daza play for? Three Before Celtic Earlier this season Who were the last team To win a Scottish Cup On penalties? Pass Leanne Dempster Left Hibs To become chief exec At which other Scottish side? Queen's Park Which Scottish top flight team Did Paul Lambert Start his playing career with? Pass What country does Cedric Eaton represent? S-
4: uh, Switzerland
1: Who's the only Scottish club That Scott Booth played for? Partick Okay let's bring back Stephen Stephen can you hear us? I can Good same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now <sighs> How many Scottish teams Did France and Daza play for? Before Celtic earlier this season Who are the last team to win a Scottish Cup on penalties? Pass Leanne Dempster left Hibbs to become Chief Executive Which other Scottish club? Which Scottish top flight team did Paul Lambert start his playing career with? Marrowell Which country does Cedric Eaton represent? Switzerland Name the only Scottish club Scott Booth played for Aberdeen Leo Hielder is on loan at Ross County from which other Scottish team? Celtic Okay, okay What do you make of the competition, Liam?
4: Uh, I think I've won anyway <laughs>
1: well, do, do you know what This is this is where Inexperience I think Counts here Stephen takes too long I do yeah. I just takes, need to pass That's I just it need to pass. But That doesn't mean That you've definitely <sighs> lost Because there was a few There was a few in there Let's find out How many Scottish teams Did France and Daza play for I know It's three Rangers, Dundee, United I St Johnstone
3: You know after I answered it That's typical
1: Liam one nil up Before Celtic this season Who were the last team To win a Scottish Cup On penalties Jambos It was Hearts Yes Um, And I'm glad that came up Because it gives me the opportunity To remind everyone Last night We were going through the teaser And Gavin Skelton Remember he he was part of that Uh, Gordon D'El referred to him as Gavin Skeleton Which I really loved (laughs) Absolutely loved it Um, So yeah it was Hearts Still 1-0 To Liam You both knew that Leanne Dempster's gone to Queen's Park So Liam still leads by 1 Paul Lambert started at St Mirren Oh So still uh, one up to Liam You both knew that Cedric Eaton represents Switzerland So still one up to Liam The only Scottish club that Scott Booth played for Is Aberdeen Stephen McGowan equalises And here's the key Stephen got one more question in Leo Hjelda is on loan at Ross County From which other Scottish team And it is Celtic A last minute winner Liam He's nipped in there Suddenly I know
3: how how Xander Clark
1: felt Time added on And he's beat you Liam Hardline's
4: Nah, that's fine. No worries. Thanks for having me
3: on. Okay. Good man. Nice Stephen
1: winning the 5th Derby. There we go. Despite
3: hey. a pathetic performance. No, not. Listen, not
1: <laughs> that, what was that? Five? Five? Mm. No, four. Four, three, I think. The
3: worst penalty shootout ever.
1: Not bad at all. Listen, a win is a win. Well, four indeed, on there. Indeed. You cannot complain. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Your chance to beat the pundit. will be back tomorrow. Mark Wilson and Gavin Skeleton's best pal will be on. So you can take one of them two on at the same time tomorrow. Right. Keep. Those calls coming in On the usual number Or you can tweet us At Clyde SSB as well If it's a topic We've already covered In the first hour That's fine More than happy To keep it going And if there's something else You think we've missed Then let's hear from you On that as well There's been a bit of Controversy down the divisions East Fife have been charged By the SPFL For refusing to play Against Clyde last night After a positive Covid test So we'll maybe look at that in the not too distant future uh, Let's take a call from Gary First up though well, Gary's a Celtic fan What's your point tonight Gary?
4: Hi
9: Gordon Hello My first point is uh, With the show Did I see that first uh, Take it All away right,
1: Whatever I, you
9: want I just think it's turned into a ranger show
1: now Alright what, right. what in particular?
9: I just think you talk about, I mean, about Rangers mm. these days and everything else I was forty minutes you talked about Rangers
1: there Yeah, I mean we did start the show talking about Celtic and, and now you're using your chance to talk about Celtic To moan about talking about Rangers Which which seems like a bit of a waste of time, does it not? I
9: because I've listened
1: to your mm. sure show night for the last mm. 15, 20, 30 mm-hmm. Many years so so do, do you have a point about Celtic? Aye
9: Alright, on you go I'm just going to ask you go on uh, The players How many players do you think
3: believe in Celtic this year?
1: Wow, there's a question. How many? Could you, put, could you put a confident number on it, Stephen? How many players will leave Celtic this summer?
3: I'll go for Brown, Edward, Ayer, and Cham to get a buyer. Ryan Christie, still to sign a new contract. It's up in January, is it? Uh, Griffiths to make a decision, I think, this Friday and whether they option the final year. Ellie Nuss is on loan, but a lot of money to spend on a permanent deal for him. Duffy will go, Waxat will go, Kenny will probably go. So from that list, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, you're looking at ten players who feasibly. And then you've got then you get into Tom Logitech territory as well. There are guys who are not regular first team players. So really sizable rebuild for me, Gary. What, what kind of number are you thinking? Aye,
9: aye. You Christy, Edward, Logic, uh, uh John Joe yep. Keane, Yeah. Ayer, but I found her rebuild actually
1: in it. Mm. So it is. It's a difficult one with the because you've got the certainties. You've got the loan players. Celtic have got a lot of loan players this season. You know, yeah. and, and they would be almost well. They are certainties. You could maybe buy them back if you so wanted, but I'm not sure that would happen. So they're absolute certainties. I feel like Edward is then edging towards that. Yeah, th- I mean Ed- Edward. Sort of I, think, I think
3: I think the smart money is on Wester mm. for Edward. Oro. it's an interesting situation because I think people felt he would replace Ian was who's, who's banging him in there, yeah. isn't he? Um, but he might stay, so that's. In, but he's got interest from Italy, um, you know, West Ham like him, Aston Villa like him, Arsenal mm. like him, uh, a couple of Milan clubs like him. Um, but I think he'll he'll certainly go. I mean, I don't I don't mm. see any circumstances in which they can keep Antoine Edouard because the player wants to go.
1: At what point, Andy? Though, is because some of them are unavoidable Lone mm. players. But at what point is it just too many? Well, regardless of whether you think those guys have been on fire or not. You, you just cannot let Everybody go You know people then Start adding guys Who are, are sort of Under contract or whatever And saying oh, well, well, Rogic's time He'll be done and, and stick a Yeti on there as well Because he's not really Hit the ground And Clamalla's already up, oh, Barkas He's not been any use Get, get rid of you, you can't just You can't get rid of Every single person in the building And, and bring in a full new group And expect
2: success Can you? No I mean, There's a potentially A number of reasons to that You know Eddie Howe might Want to give players Second chances You know players Might feel as if they Actually want to stay on the, At the club If if a new manager comes in and and have another crack crack at it, but probably the most probable one is the fact that some of the uh, some of the players might not have suitors So I don't think. Listen, I do think that the the names that Stephen mentioned quite a majority of them are probably going to move on. Obviously, the lone ones are are self explanatory. But I don't think there's any doubt anyway. There's going to be a a, a decent sized rebuild going on at Celtic. I think Eddie, Howe come uh, uh, if he's the the manager to come into the football club's going to want to uh, to bring in his own players anyway. But I do think, you know, yeah. Yeah, Ayer Ayer's Edwards for me it pretty much does look as if they're going to be moved on uh, Edwards another one similar to what I said about Morelos earlier is he going to are you going to be able to demand the same figure that you were going to get for Edward 12 months ago not too sure mm. Ayer I'm more inclined to say I think Ayer could potentially stay out the two but was Norwich was that the latest one I noticed and one of the, the newspapers yeah, no, I think been linked to,
3: He's been linked to Newcastle In the past as well You know I, mean, I always think can, just...
1: can you definitely Cash in on both of them Because I get it You know There's a commercial Responsibility here That you can't let players Run down their contracts They are assets Can Celtic sell Edward And Ayer And lose everybody He's on loan And lose Scott Brown And you see where I'm going With this can, yeah. can, you do, can you do all of
3: that Well I think you have to Because I think They paid a heavy price For holding on to Unhappy players This last summer True but they paid a really heavy price and, and, uh, You know How long do you let that run Surely The time is now To clear it out The interesting thing will be Is if it is Eddie Howe Can he get another 10-15% Out of Albi Out of players of that ilk who have underperformed Can he get a performance Out of Vasilis Barkas You know he, But he, you know, he's looking at Two fullbacks He's looking at possibly Three centre-halves Might need a holding midfielder Does need a holding midfielder To replace Brown Needs a leader as well Along the way Possibly needs one or two strikers If uh, possibly three of earlier Griffiths and Edward Go It's quite a thought isn't it And it, it does raise the question of where it, I suppose it goes back to what you said Maybe you need to hold on to one or two of them for continuity And possibly explains why they did Make a last ditch, last ditch bid to keep of Scott Brown
1: And I wonder if If it is going to be Richard Hughes Or if that's the stumbling block on the Eddie Howe Thing at the moment You wonder if he's already across that Because as you mentioned Bournemouth have Priorities at the moment, you know, in, in Bournemouth, yeah. have got, got, got their own. Whatever that
3: is an area where Rangers have the advantage straight away, isn't it? Because they've Ross Wilson, they've Stephen Gerrard. They've been planning their recruitment months in advance, but well, with twelve months in advance, Celtic are starting from a standing position, um, and it's not impossible, but it's an awful big bill.
1: Uh, yeah, Andy, uh, what is continuity like? Because it's you know. Uh, we get into a kind of computer game mentality at times where you think that you can do that. You can just clear everybody out and, and just just replace them and just get new guys. And if your s- recruitment department are good enough you'll be fine. But that that must be an awful ask to to potentially ship out so many and get an equal number back in the way.
2: Yeah. I mean listen, I hope Gary doesn't shout at me that I'm going to reference Rangers here. But you know, we've spoken about uh, you know the much improved Rangers side this year, Stephen Gerald's still been the same manager over the last couple of seasons. They've still played the exact same way, exact same style. The reason it's improved is the players are more familiar with that style. They're, they're two, three years under, just playing the exact same way. They've got continuity within the squad. Players that have have got to know each other, starting to build relationships all over the pitch. That's what keeping the the core of a squad can do. You know, we're mentioning what twelve, thirteen players potentially going out mm. could be another twelve, thirteen players going out uh, coming back in. I don't think that's something you can do every year. That's for sure. But when there's a rebuild on the hand I think Eddie Howe Again If it's the next Celtic manager Will want to have a squad That's willing to be at the club Is happy to be at the club And will be settled enough To go and and try and get Celtic Back to the the, the league title I mean Gary Let's take
1: Ryan Christie for instance Because I feel like He's maybe one that's Kind of in the middle Is there no way that A new manager comes in Decides that he really likes Ryan Christie That in turn makes Ryan Christie decide That he really likes The idea of staying at Celtic are guys like him Definitely gone As far as you're concerned Or Might that situation I so, change
9: His attitude this year Shows up So it is what, what do you mean by that Just It's just, just the
1: way He's played this year Yeah I mean Performance levels can dip The problem I guess Stephen goes back to When Neil Lennon Told everyone That there were players Who didn't want to be there yeah. You then know What you're looking for Or you know what you think You're looking for In people Players just might be off form For a number of reasons And the, the team might not be functioning But once that suggestion Is in the air Then yeah. you, you put two and two together
3: Yeah Yeah But listen Players will have to leave For the economic reasons as well If you have a big rebuild You need to raise money for it I mean we, we spoke earlier about When Rangers last Went an entire season Without losing an old form game To, to Celtic It was 2000 And Martin O'Neill Had something like 20 million quid 20 years ago that was To sign Yosval Haran he bought in Chris Sutton, he bought in Neil Lennon he bought in Alan Thompson. You know, he got big money and that's going to be necessary again. But the problem is if you need to bring in a dozen players, mm-hmm. you can't necessarily spend six billion, five, six billion each and every one of them. So they're gonna to have to raise money, that's gonna to have to mean cashing in on assets that can maximize the value.
1: And then talk about spending it wisely, because yeah. you've just mentioned guys who are then absolute stalwarts of the team. Yeah. You know, and that we've seen over the years that I don't even... I don't know. What would Celtic's success rate be off signings in the last couple of years? I'm not sure, but it wouldn't be as high as, you know, those guys that you just mentioned.
3: No, I mean, for me, a big mistake that was made in the Brendan Rodgers reign was, was was releasing John Park. I mean, John Park got some strikers wrong. He would be the first to say he didn't get them all right. But Celtic had a, an identity. They knew what a recruitment policy was. John Park left the club and since then, you've had Lee Congerton, you've had Nicky Hammond. They've been baggy telling you all over the place. Making a series of bad signings, as was said before, Gordon. It's not just how much you spend; it's how you spend.
1: Let's bring in Alec, who's a Celtic fan, and see what he makes of it all. Alec, hi, how we doing? Uh,
10: just, just always on about the, the talking about the amount of players that's going to leave. Uh, my, my, my issue is with the, the director of football. Uh, I read Pep Guardiola's book, and when he went to Bayern Munich. And uh, Pep was obviously looking to bring in his players And change things or whatever It was just a no Because Bayern Munich have got a system Whereas when Pep Guardiola leaves to go to another club That, that system, everything just keeps ticking along in the background When when Brendan Rodgers left, everything fell apart you know, we're new, It's new highlighting this season We were talking about a full team Whether it's players on loan uh, well, it's players that want to leave. A full team's going to need to get brought in. If, this is probably one. This is probably a one-time deal. Now, where Celtic has got to change everything, and they get their director of football. Now, whether that's the boy shoes that Eddie Howe's wanting, the backs of stumbling, block and Celtic don't want to go there. Then you know they get their director of football. They've got their manager. They've got their recru- recruitment analysis team. I think that, you know, Celtic, this is going to take Celtic way into the future with us so that when Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe wins a few trophies, wins a couple of leagues, again, the English Premiership spotlight will come, will come on him again. When he leaves, Celtic bring in, they just need to bring in a new manager. All the other transfers, the recruitment, will never, we've Celtic will probably, Never be in a position like this again. We should never have been in this position in the first place. It's poor management. That sort it as it's it's been neglect. That, so, that's
1: an, you know, no. I think it's an interesting point, Alec. Very interesting indeed, Stephen. Because we we'll inevitably, you know, as football fans, we will get hung up on the kind of the headlines that mm-hmm. who's the new manager?
3: Yeah.
1: Who does Ed' Odds Edward get sold, and, and who repl- Could you actually argue that Celtic getting the structure? Of the club right this summer Is actually more important Than all of those things
3: Yeah I think it's an excellent point Ali makes I mean It goes back to What we discussed earlier About director of football If you have a director of football Appointed by the board And he He has their trust And he Is there for the long haul When the coach leaves You can still have The same identity You can keep signing players Keep making informed decisions Whereas what we're proposing With Eddie Howe And this appears to be The way Eddie Howe wants it, is He brings in His own recruitment man again when he goes, the, the, the same guy might go, they may have to clear it all out again. And it, it's a very fair point. And that that may be something in Celtic's mind. We don't know, but that may be something in Celtic's mind. They're thinking, we need an independent director of football to modernise football operations, and he needs to be answerable to the board. But if I can make a suggestion, that was a role that was discussed with John Kennedy when Brendan wanted mm-hmm. was still yeah. at the club. John Kennedy went to Dublin, met them at Desmond for whatever reason it didn't happen. If John Kennedy's staying If he strikes up a relationship With Eddie Howe Because he knows the locality Because he knows the club Is it impossible he could do it all? I don't know
1: hmm, Interesting stuff 01419511025 This is a good time to get your call in Because I'm about to set up this full time teaser for these two And we could be speaking to you next
0: Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard
1: OK, it's that time of the night Andy Halliday and Stephen McGowan are going to have to come together a nice bit of teamwork and try and answer your question on the full-time teaser That's the way it works You come up with the question and we try and catch out the pundits with the answer between roundabout this time and the end of the show So Eric sent tonight's question in and we are very grateful to Eric He got in touch full-time At Clyde1.com, a bit of a a European theme to this one. I just wonder how I wonder how how we'll do in this one. We're we're branching out a little bit. We're we're going overseas. So Eric wants to know: since 1998, there are nine players who finished the season as the top scorer in more than one of the five big European leagues. So since 1998, there are nine players who finished the season as top scorer in more than one. Of the five big European leagues England, Germany, Spain, France and Italy Are there any that, that spring to mind? I mean, it goes without saying Suarez These guys are all yeah. well-known goal-getters
3: sure <laughs> we see our seven, no? Uh,
1: yes, Cristiano Ronaldo and Suarez we yeah, go. Look at that, easy as that You're two down and you've only got seven to get Between now and the end of the show So that's the type of thing that we do On the full-time teaser If you've got a question And you want to send it in It's full-time at Clyde1.com Come, uh, let's look at one of the other stories today. Now I know that um, this maybe has slipped under the radar for some of you, but in the type of season that it's been, I wonder if what people make of this one. Stephen McGowan, the SPFL have charged these five for refusing to play after a positive COVID test. Now we 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 kind of touched on this last night because it was very uncertain. We weren't really sure what was happening. Yeah. East Fife game against Clyde, it was meant to kick off and then it got delayed and, and then it got scrapped. And it's since transpired um, that East Fife will now face disciplinary proceedings. The joint response group had been consulted. They said the game could go ahead, but after a discussion between the players and management, East Fife opted not to play the match. And inevitably, in true Scottish football fashion, that's led to quite a lot of arguing and toing yeah. and froing.
3: I think. The first thing you have to say is you have sympathy for both sides. You know, Clyde, were clearly given advice by the, the medical, Dr John McLean of the JRG, who's a medical expert, clearly that they, they, they could play the game. And I suspect testing, tracking trace were consulted as well. And Clyde isolated anybody they needed to isolate and they wanted to play the game. East Fife, whose players have pregnant wives, thought, you know what, we don't want to take that risk. They have a positive COVID case, but it's a can of worms because... As part of the agreement to come back and finish the the lower league season, the clubs have agreed to play 22 games to get it done and dusted by a week tomorrow or else promotion and relegation will be settled by average points per game. That was doable, but suddenly we've got a kind of outstanding postponed fixture to squeeze in as well. And we're not really sure when they're going to do that because these five, they've got fixtures in the book against Peterhead on Thursday, Forfar on Tuesday, Clyde are sitting in the relegation playoff spot as it stands because of Jim Duffy's Dumbarton winning last night so they're due to face 4th on Thursday and then write Dumbarton on, on Saturday. So, first thought all, you're thinking, well, the SPFL could play the outstanding game a week in Thursday, tomorrow, a week tomorrow. They could get the season finished and avoid average points per game. But I think the League 1 playoff semi-finals are the Saturday after that, on the 8th. So, it's a really tight schedule. But if they can't complete, we're into kind of worms territory. Because if the league has to be called on points per game, And Clyde are denied a chance To escape a relegation place Because East Fife kind of unilaterally Decided they didn't want to play Despite the SFA, the JRG, the Government Test and Trace Telling Clyde that they could play Then that is why East Fife Mm. are going to feel the wrath of the SFA Yeah,
1: something that always gets lost in this I think we should obviously wish the player well Who's the positive case And hope everything is all right. Andy, I'm not sure if you've had any comparable situations um so maybe I'm I'm being unfair in, in asking you but is it is it difficult for players i mean you guys will have discussed it in the dressing room is there a fear there i mean Darren Young's kind of been very vocal that you know some of his players have got pregnant wives and they were kind of asked oh, you know or in his version of events that do you want to go ahead with the game and he's saying, well understandably we wouldn't want to to take that risk is that is it, is it difficult for players
2: In those situations? Yeah for sure I mean I'm fortunate enough Let's just say that I've I've, uh, I've not came across Any sort of situation like that and, and it's hard to elaborate Any further than what Stephen says Because I mean if the, the Joint response group Says that the, the game's Safe and well to go ahead But these five players Don't feel comfortable Because they do have pregnant wives They do have families That uh, They might have people That are a little bit more vulnerable Within their close family as well That if they were exposed To, to, to the mm. virus Even though we're at Hopefully, the light at the end of the tunnel it could be dangerous. So, it seems pretty harsh so far without knowing all of the the ins and outs. And I'm sure there's. I, I think there's an investigation going uh, mm. carrying on further tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But I can completely understand where where uh, where these five players are coming from. I mean, Stephen, you you could
1: say that it's. For some people, a bit of a surprise that the lower leagues have actually done all right. You know, coming back and they've all got different jobs and so we've done all right to get here. And it looked like because we're only a couple of games away, we were going to get the season finished. The timing is the killer here. If this happens Mm -hmm. in January, you can maybe a bit of understanding. Okay, right, fine. We'll we'll try and reschedule it. Get everyone around the table. Well, virtually, of course, um, at a safe distance. the timing has really Made this one extremely difficult yeah. Because these guys Were already playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday Tuesday, Thursday yeah. When's this game Going to be replayed? Don't,
3: don't forget It was the clubs Who wanted to play on yep. They wanted to continue they, they they kind of voted For this situation So they have to Kind of take the hit But Yeah we're, we're just Running out of time You're absolutely right You've got to put this In context Of Clyde being In a relegation Playoff position and you do not want that ser- uh, fixed or sorted because of average points per game. It's a pretty hopeless way to do it. And I don't think the vows will stop Gordon because tomorrow, I think the SPFL tomorrow are due to hear the legal second opinion with regards to the Kelty and Broader playoff against Beacon City, whether that's going to go ahead. So it looked as if we were almost coming to the end of this really incredibly testing season without further mishap. I feel we've got a bit to go yet.
1: I'm just looking at the responses to the article we put up about this on Twitter at Clyde SSB and it's pretty much all in favour of supporting East Fife and sticking it to the SPFL. So there we go. <laughs> Every one of them. I won't bother reading them out because they're all they're all along similar lines. Uh, let's go back to the phones and see what Jim in Carl Luke has got to say. Hi, Jim.
11: Hi, uh, hello. Thanks for taking the call, panel. Pleasure. Um, is this a point about um, Eddie Howe I mean, it's been going far too long. There's something, no right. And I'm quite honestly, I don't believe he's coming. And I think that the person who's going to be the next manager is a man- manager just now who does not have a backroom staff so he could move into Celtic and keep everyone in their present positions. John Kennedy, everybody could remain. Celtic could appoint their preferred director of football. And the man in question... As a person who refused to do himself out of the Celtic job Stevie Clark And I'm quite convinced As soon as the Euros are out of the Euros Which will probably be quite quick
1: Ah oh, steady on Jim You were doing well there
11: <laughs> I don't know why. Stevie Clark will be appointed The next Celtic manager
1: mm. he, he does have a backroom staff with Jim I mean he's got guy. He's working with Stephen Reid at the moment And Alex Dyer Who's you know they've been Alongside him At a lot of his jobs And you know why? Why would Stevie Clark just walk in and, and not want his own own staff around him?
4: Well,
11: considering the clubs he's managed in the past, it's a big step up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's ambitious, he would take the job probably in the same terms as Neil Lennon took it. I'll take the job. Never, mind. I'll just take whatever mm. background staff you give me. Yeah,
1: but Stephen I told you At the start of the show You were worried that all this, Everyone was going to think That you had Eddie Howe as a certainty It's the opposite Nobody even believes you We've got Stevie Clark now As a suggestion Jim doesn't think it's going to be Eddie Howe at all
3: Jim are you a season ticket holder? No No Well, I would say if people who are a season ticket holder The prospect of John Kennedy becoming the manager Would be an issue for many of those So I think Celtic are under pressure Or even Stevie Clark for that matter so Celtic are looking to the new season tickets They've got disenfranchised support How are they going to do that? How are they going to sell season tickets? The only way they can do it is by luring someone Who is acceptable to the fans They need a name That's why I think they are under pressure now to deliver Eddie Howe It's not done yet As I said earlier It won't be done until the scarf is over his head But people are losing their shape about this I think maybe there's a bit more cause for relaxation Because there's nothing to suggest That Eddie Howe is off
11: Oh, just the time it's taking. It's
3: I appreciate that Nobody. but people, but, but, you know, people of personal circumstances. Andy spoke about it earlier. You know, you may have family issues. You may have contractual issues. You know, you may, you know, you may home domestic issues. Um, mm. You may want, you may want to line up his backroom staff and be assured that he has everything he wants before he agrees to take the job. I don't know the answer to those questions.
1: Is that maybe something that's easy for us or, or easy for people on the outside to overlook? Because we just assume that. Oh well, you know it's, it's a big job, and, and and you just go without being to state in the obvious. Bournemouth's quite far away from Glasgow, yeah. And if these were guys based in Manchester or Liverpool, it genuinely might it might be a, d- a different discussion. Is that is that fair?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think it is fair. Listen, there'll always be that question mark over Eddie Howe because he didn't last terribly long at Burnley. I think it was the death of his mother was a big factor. A lot of people said he was homesick, so there'll always be that issue about Eddie Howe moving north. I don't think he has much experience of Scottish football. So that is a pretty major life and career move for him. takes a lot of time, takes a lot of thought, and he wants assurances from Celtic in budget on the staff he's going to get. It's like a jigsaw piece; It has to fall into place. And I know football fans don't really do patience,
2: but you know, maybe we need some.
1: To be fair, it is closer to Glasgow than Azerbaijan. You, you would agree, <laughs> that's wouldn't spot you? On.
2: Yeah, that's spot on. Cup. But but what you said that that was a that was a pretty big. Influencing my decision to sign for Middlesbrough when I was 17. I know it's a lot different for, yeah. for Eddie. How he's obviously a grown man. He's got a but but he still got a family. He still got a family. He's probably still got kids in school. I'd imagine down south. So the reason I sort of weighed up my options when I was a young kid, and the reason I eventually yeah. decided Middlesbrough was a couple of reasons. One, it was close to home. Two, there was a pretty big Scottish contingent, as you can imagine, at that time at Middlesbrough. So these sort of things do come into do come into consideration for people. And and what Steven's uh, talking about as well. We. Where Eddie Howe Try to get his backroom staff To fall into place Sometimes that's difficult When they're already Contracted at a club Especially when it's a club That's potentially mm. Bournemouth Who are going for Championship promotion So it's uh, there's, there's so many facets That us As outsiders Can't really quite understand But you've just got to believe That it's happening
1: So uh, forgive me If I missed it When you mentioned it there So th- were there other options Further from home In and, and the Middlesbrough yeah, thing I,
2: Yeah quite, I, th- I think there was maybe Five or six uh, Down south And um, two of them Were Newcastle And Middlesbrough Both obviously In the northeast England So they two were the ones That were really uh, That I was strongly look- Looking at And the ones that gave me The most appealing Eventually came down To the stu- uh, the decision That Gordon Strankan Was the one So there you go. Middlesbrough it was
1: You never look back Funnily enough just I know we're going off On a tangent here Does this mean that you Your former place of work Is where Scotland Are going to be based During the Euros They're going Absolutely. to be based In Middlesbrough
2: and listen Scotland have fantastic training facilities up here in the Orium I know that by training there every single day but Rockliffe is uh, certainly one that's hard to beat down south it's a fantastic training base it's it's pretty secluded as well so they'll get privacy when they're there and number of pitches number of you know physio physio hydro pools a lot it's got all of that in there and, and, and pretty modern up to state, uh, uh, up to Is, that, is there, the a, there a hotel store. there as well is yeah, that there is a, a hotel, there, yeah. there's a hotel and there's a golf course if they get a if they get the odd day a off, which of I can't off. imagine during the Euros to, to play a game of golf. well you never know. Uh, thank you very much, Jim
1: and Carl. let's go on to Mark and Clyde Bank. What's your take on all of this, Mark?
8: Um, how you doing there? Um, what is, basically. I'm a Celtic fan, obviously foreign. Um, I'm pals with a few Celtic players that obviously reserve you know stuff, and basically, I just don't understand why the the, the strongest don't be yeah, uh, I don't understand why there's no some sort of movement managerial wise. But I mean, there's Champions League qualifiers coming up soon. Do you know what I mean? So obviously Rangers have won the like, league, whatever else, and it's time to move on. Time to me start getting stuff sorted out of bit. Would you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the guy Stephen in particular was kind of talking there, though Mark, about you know a lot going into this process about managers having to not only get the professional side of things right and build the right backroom staff and when will these guys become available there's a personal side as well about kind of uprooting your life I know that as fans we all want the kind of world to revolve around the club and then things would you know you can click your fingers and make it happen but if he is the man that, that Celtic want is it, is, it, is it worth hanging on for or would you have created some sort of cut off point where you move on I mean,
8: maybe things are done behind the scenes that you don't know about do you know what I mean it's, it's all people talking and this and that but I mean I used to understand why it, Why should something used be done dusted signed and that's it delivered do you know what I mean
1: it's, it's, it's a very idealistic way of looking at it Stephen yeah. I guess in reality yeah. it's, it's maybe a bit different that doesn't mean that Mark's not got a valid point because no. I reckon he speaks on behalf of a lot of Celtic fans who would agree
3: of course he does I think supporters being supporters they would have wanted this done Weeks ago, months ago. In actual fact, if you look at the fact that Neil Lennon was in serious trouble from October, November onwards, this Celtic situation with the manager has been going on for months. Now, there wasn't really an ideal candidate to replace Neil Lennon, who would come into the end of the season at the time. Would they have been better giving it to John Kennedy? Possibly. But this has been going on far too long. You can understand the impatience of supporters. The problem is we don't have all the facts at our disposal. There may be perfectly valid reasons, why this hasn't happened two, three, four weeks ago? The agent has already said he won't take a job till the summer. I think Celtic fans have to hope that he's been he's been mm. tongue in cheek when he said that. That that's not entirely the case. You know, all I can repeat is what we said earlier. We said this morning he's talking to backroom staff. The evidence is it's moving towards Eddie Howe. Just needs a bit more time. So
1: Mark referenced the early arrival, if you like, of of Don MacKay. But you, you don't that you don't think that necessarily has any bearing on. Speeding things up
3: or? Well, It doesn't appear to or It would have happened by now Because it started what, 10, 10, 11, mm. 12 days ago I mean Dominic is not in full control yet yeah. I think he's due July, to July isn't it? Yeah July the 1st So He's not absolute control of the They can't wait that long I would imagine he will make the announcement But Listen It will happen When it happens
1: Mark thank you very much That was Mark and Clyde Bank Right I've got these two Tackling this teaser tonight Since 1998 Who are the nine players Who finished the top scorer In more than one Of the big five European leagues So when we say that We mean England Germany, Spain France and Italy They're doing not too badly at all They've got Cristiano Ronaldo Who did it at Man United And three times at Real Madrid Luis Suarez did it at Liverpool And Barcelona Uh,
2: Karim Benzema
1: Karim Benzema No Cavani Yes PSG twice And Napoli Back in 2013 Aubameyang Mm, yes, Dortmund and Arsenal. Okay, so what have you got? Four. We'll get the next five after these.
0: Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141 Clyde One
1: Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Andy Halliday and Stephen McGowan are here. They're going about this full time teaser. I can see lots of you taking part on this on Twitter. And uh, doing pretty well Thank you again to Eric For sending the question He wants to know If you can name The nine players Since 98 Who finished the season As top scorer In more than one Of the five big European leagues So We've got Cristiano Ronaldo Luis Suarez Edson Cavani And Pierre-Emerick obama So the guys are doing pretty well Did you get any
2: During the break? Samuel Eto. No Lukaku Nope Ibrahimovic Yes Oh
1: Beauty Three times for PSG once for Inter once for AC as well And I'm sure he tells everyone All about it mm. He's not exactly the shy Retiring type is he
2: Thierry Henry Nope
3: Lacazette like wouldn't have done it really
1: Nah Funnily enough I think the The remaining ones Are pretty tough Apart from one I think there's one that I think you might get And then we're in Yeah then were in Difficult Torres. No Aguero Nope 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 or maybe we need to dish out some clues.
2: Well, I think I'm... Mm, Falcao? <sighs> no. Oh, I never mind.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm trying... There, there's one of them... Only one of your remaining ones has done it in England.
7: Mm. Salah?
1: No. But further back. So we're talking that kind of mid-section of the early to mid-2000s for this guy. Hasselbank? No. <laughs> now you're getting cold. Well, in fact... Yeah I was going to say You're getting colder But The same nationality as him Oh Rude Rud, yeah. Rud van Nistelrooy Right we might need To shut up shop And the, G- the... Grease
3: Hasn't Nah hasn't
1: no. nice The remaining three Are very tough One in particular But we'll wait and see We'll see We'll see how it goes uh, Right Wednesday night It's never too early To start giving Just a bit of a nod To the weekend's fixtures Particularly uh, Since it'll be the last time We speak to you two On the topic You told us earlier Andy Never a meaningless game no between these two. What in particular is intriguing you about this one?
2: Um the the last one was was pretty balanced over both sides. I think throughout the the period of the game both sides showed showed spells of dominance. I think the game was won on both boxes. One team took their chances, the other team didn't. One team defended opportunities better, the other team didn't, and one team goalie probably saved them from conceding one or two goals. So I think uh, it makes it for a, another competitive game at the weekend. I think um I don't think it's a secret to say Rangers haven't quite been at their best uh, for a number of weeks now. Uh, I think Stephen Gerrard even came out and said that. Any reason you know, for that? Maybe it's just because the the league was wrapped up ever so early. Uh, you know that that competitive edge we're being tested to push uh, as hard as possible to 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 pick up as many points to to win a title, whereas you know if the the league's over. Mm-hmm. and Uh, Doesn't have quite the same pressure Quite the same demand And sometimes that demand and pressure Does get the better out of players And the better out of teams Maybe that's the reason But You know uh, When you compare that to You know Going into the weekend Against St Johnston You feel as if you're going to see A a real Rangers performance again With the opportunity To go and win a medal At the end of the season
1: I've been fascinated by the reaction Since Sunday night Because Mm -hmm. we've had a, a, A bit of a range here on the show Where we get some Rangers fans On pretty angry to be honest And saying this was a great opportunity To win a cup If we want to prove We are the Dominant force Domestically We should be winning these cups Or certainly doing better Than than we have done in recent times One trophy in nine You keep hearing that stat Then on the other side We get quite a lot Where it's No no It's fine I don't even care One caller even went as far as to say The cup gets in the way of the schedule Or or something (laughs) like that And it was all about the league And You know No dramas How will Steven Gerrard And the players be feeling about it What will the reaction have been
2: like a bit of both because I'd say at the start of the season Rangers' main priority, without any shadow, of a doubt would have been winning the league. I don't think that's, I don't think sure. that even comes into question. But with the league being almost wrapped up, you've got to say from January, even though you know mathematically it wasn't, surely you know that the priority started to lie elsewhere. We we're going as far as possible Europa League, obviously for financial benefits or whatnot. When that's uh, out of the equation, uh, obviously after the the Slavia Prague game, when they've got a real opportunity to go and do a cup double and, uh, and and go on and win the Scottish Cup, especially after beating your nearest rivals, who are going to be your biggest competition to win the uh, win the trophy, then it's sort of, for me, it's all guns blazing to go and get that medal. And and I do agree with the the, the narrative that if, if you want to show that you're back in, on top and being the best team in Scotland, which right now, obviously, they, they are by being 20 points at the top of the table, then going and put a real stamp on your dominance and taking that momentum into next year, because I think it's all momentum. You know, we were talking about earlier as well about is there any meaningful uh, any meaning going into this this whole firm game I think as well as a psychological advantage for Celtic I think a, a three points could do a hell of a job because you need to remember as well I know it's probably not many but you know three, four, five Celtic players have only just joined this year and they've never experienced beating uh, Rangers mm-hmm. in an old firm that might potentially go on and be there next season so I think it can be a real uh, psychological advantage as
1: well I feel like most fans certainly have already made up their mind on John Kennedy either way Stephen I'm not sure yeah. you know a victory at the weekend does it really change anything for him? In the eyes of the people that call here, probably not. There's also the fact that because we we mentioned the obvious ones earlier, stopping the, the unbeaten run, getting mm. your first victory against Rangers this season, Scott Brown's last mm. Old Firm game. I've lost count. I I, I knew it. I had the start in the last game. It's, it's it's an incredible number of games he's played against Rangers. Producer Callum will buzz me in the ear in a minute. But you know it'll be his last game in this fixture as well.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's why we go back to the point. It doesn't really lay down a marker for next season because Celtic will be markedly different. And again, the last time Celtic went through an entire season without beating Rangers, 99-2000, Nick Avakar's Rangers won the league by 21 points. And you wouldn't have got a bet on Martin O'Neill coming in and turning that around. But actually, Celtic did with four or five new players. You know, Dermot Desmond went out, poached the manager of Leicester City, Celtic won the next meeting of the team 6-2 So I don't think we can read too much into Sunday But for Celtic it really has to be all about Beating that man McGregor Because it almost feels like a, a psychological walk now they just You know, McGregor has been outstanding In old firm games this season And Celtic haven't scored more than one goal
1: The other one Andy, I, mean, I think you were in one of the nights When a few months ago kind of debating Rangers going undefeated in the league Does it matter? How much does it matter? And again, most people... Came on that night and said, "No, it doesn't matter. We don't care. Winning the league's the priority." And again, Gordon, that was true. But you took your yeah. three Gordon, games away. It's the away. same
2: people that now that Saint Johnston have knocked Rangers at the cup. They're coming on how disgraceful it was, how bad the performance was, how they should have been going all guns blazing. It's the same people. It, it, Every Rangers fan out there will be desperate to, c- to continue this unbeaten run. Like I've said before, when Brendan Rodgers' team done it in two thousand sixteen, was it two thousand? I didn't think I'd see it again for a number of years. Arguably, not even in my lifetime. So now that Rangers have got the chance to do it, only three, four years after. Come on. Mm. Are there any team lineup predicaments
1: for either side that interest you particularly?
2: well I think obviously the, the obvious one for for Rangers point of view is Phil Hollander going off um, with a, I don't was it an apparent groin injury I'm not too yeah. sure but I think he'd be a huge blow uh, if, if if he doesn't manage to make it the weekend because I mean Jack Simpson's one that um, I think he's only played three games for Rangers now uh, you know especially the St Johnston game at um, McDermott Park a couple of weeks ago didn't look all that convincing obviously gave away the penalty and there was another couple of penalty shouts that he was involved in so not only that he's not Obviously, experience I know for him. Game and and Philip Hollander's done some. Uh, done for me. He's 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 really been one of the unsung heroes for Rangers this year. So I think he'll certainly be a blow if um if he doesn't manage to make it at the weekend. And then the other one, it's again that sort of right of the front free slot. Uh, I think it will be pretty similar to be honest. As the as the last one in. And I wouldn't be surprised To see Joe Arebo Back up there again Scott Wright
1: done enough To start these games We get a lot of calls for him
2: Yeah Scott Wright For me since he's came in Has done excellent Even when it's been No his starts Have been few and far between But even when it's been 10-15 minutes His sub appearances He's made an impact He's looked lively No matter the scenario Has been put ahead of him So yep he's another one That could potentially make it I just think no, the, the last whole firm's fresh on our minds. Joe Ariebo went up there in the front three, done extremely well. Scott Arfield came into the midfield and does what he always did he's combative, he's, he's he's good on the ball. So I think it'll be pretty similar in that aspect.
3: Yeah, we talk about the emotion of Scott Brown last game against Rangers, but I think we touched on it earlier about guys like Andy touched on it, guys who have never actually beaten Rangers. It's my own Sorrow, he's a guy, okay, he's linked with Spurs this morning, but he's a guy you would expect to be at Celtic next season. And you want to give him a chance to experience these games. He is the future And uh, you know You just wonder Whether In the last three games These guys are going to get More of a run out Whether it really is time To hand them a chance To show what they can do In games that really matter I
1: think think it's 43 times Scott Brown's played Against Rangers It did take me that long To find it again But um, it was worth the wait Because that's a Ridiculous number
3: Yeah But unsurprising Given how long he's been Was it 14 years He's been an absolute mainstay And one of these guys Who you think People will only really appreciate When he's not there anymore He's not just a decent player, he's a leader. He obviously has a huge influence in those around about him. And, you know, there will just be a time inevitably in two or three years when someone will come on this show and say, ah, that wouldn't have happened to Scott Bounsley.
1: Yeah, and it would be, we're expecting such change at, at Celtic next season. We don't really know about Rangers. It, it would be weird. Gonna, somebody else is going to need to step up on either side and renew that, that edge to the rivalry. <laughs> we can't have it just, you know,
2: petering out, surely. <laughs> oh, I know and i think the the rangers version that's probably the guy that's in goals that you don't see too much but mm. listen like like uh, like Steven said he's been an absolute mainstay in celtic's team in 43 some people mm. are are not lucky enough to play in one Old firm game the fact he's played in 43 it's over a season With a domestic football it's a it's an incredible I, i'm actually interested i don't know if callum can can whisper you what the record uh, is by the it way it can't be too far off it isn't. was me that
1: found it don't give oh, him the oh, credit here we go. i was he he, he buzzed in the and said he couldn't he he didn't have the skill set and i managed to negotiate it but it's fine
2: so t- tell me
1: I can't do it this time Because we've only got a minute left And you two (laughs) And you two need to get a few more left on this teaser That'll be easy to find that one He's up to that challenge The record Right, who you got on this teaser? R9 too far out Uh, Yeah, he's not there Could be time for a close for me Right, okay um, Diego Melito? No If I give you this guy's clubs You'll get this I think Now he's also played for Man City But this wasn't one of them he also did it in Germany and Italy For Wolfsburg and Roma Wolfsburg and no. Zecco Yes Eden Zecco Okay Now Both your remaining ones are Italian By nationality Not necessarily Well you, the clubs they played for as well But they, they were Italian internationals Zaghi.
2: Zaghi, No, yeah, no, no. no. Yeah. Del Piero No So it's his, uh, their partner
1: not necessarily. Luca Tony. Yes. Look right. Fiorentina and Bayern Munich. And the last one. Did he miss a crucial penalty against Rangers, this guy? For Fiorentina. Oh, Vieri. Christian Vieri. Christian Vieri. We got there in the end. Thank you, Andy Haldy and Stephen McGowan. Thank you to you, though. Much appreciated, as always. Lots of calls, lots of tweets. And we really do enjoy your company So thanks for getting in touch We are back tomorrow at 6 Building up to a big weekend Of Scottish football In the company of Gordon Diel And Mark Wilson So make sure that you join us then It'll be good to speak to you From 6 until 8 But in the meantime You can just stay right there And Callum Gallagher Will look after you next